Holy stromboli cannoli. Whoa. Big I Italian had, over here. Hey, bibbidi-boop. <laughs> I had a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to get to it. But we've had two little action items that have happened in the last hour. Two? Yeah, and I'm glad. So we're recording 342 on Monday. Two little nuggets of news that I'd like to touch on right off the top, let's, Sims. Let's hit on it. It's the beauty of waiting a little bit to record the podcast. Yes. Number one. Number one. Something we talked about a few weeks ago. Our pets' heads are falling off. <sighs> Patrick Peterson, I believe, demands a trade. Demands a trade? It was either demand or requested. But either way, Patrick Peterson wants a trade. And here we were a few weeks ago talking about uh, desperately once out is sure, what it was. And sure. you said the Patriots should call about, I don't know, a guy like Patrick Peterson. Well, here's Patrick Peterson. He wants out. I understand it. He's getting up there in years. What I witnessed on Thursday, yeah. they fire their offensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich is taking over, which is incredible because you were drafted in the same year yep. as Byron Leftwich. I played Madden with Byron Leftwich and, and PP, P squared, is looking around going, I don't want to be here anymore. And I get it. So now, who should call? Who should call for them? First up, yes. Patriots make sense. Patriots does make sense. Chiefs make sense. Chiefs definitely make sense. My Eagles make sense. Your Eagles do make sense, and you still have draft picks available, right? Yeah. Another so, team that would make sense is, I mean, the New Orleans Saints. They're not. Mm, they could use another cover corner on that side of the they football. They did give away the what, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you could go through. There's the list, a lot right? of teams that need corners. There definitely is. Um, what do you think it's going to cost to get Patrick? And the Washington Redskins. You could go through the list and go. I like to think of the teams that are legitimate contenders. Right. That's why Saints, Patriots, Eagles. Uh, who was it? Uh, Chiefs yes. make the most makes, sense. Makes the most sense. I know. Like, team, I don't really care if Washington gets Patrick Peterson. What about the Chargers? Would they go down yes. there? I would know. they need that, though? They don't need it, need it, but it certainly would help a All little right, bit. So let, let's think. The Cardinals. Oh, <laughs> I've got an alert on my Bleacher Report app, BR app. Download it. Get notifications like your favorite podcast host, Adam Lefko. Um, Patrick Peterson's cousin. Bryant McFadden tweets, the ideal destination is the Saints. Ew. Literally, as you just said that, apparently he wants Nola. Well, Pair him up with Marcus Lattimore. Where did he go to college? LSU. Right. Yep. I just, uh, that's his part of the country, and uh, makes sense from that standpoint. Do you think that the Cardinals would go, Patrick, where would you like to be traded to? And then we'll see if we can get compensation that's enough. I think they will actually grant him the respect of at least of asking him that. Whether they listen to that, no. I don't think it's going to matter. What do you have to give up to get Patrick Peterson? Ooh, I, I, I mean, this is eighth year of his career. Yes. So we need to look up his contract situation. Are you looking that but up? But he's still a top-fledged cornerback. Yeah, he is. He's not like... He's 28 years he's old. He's 28 years old. He's just coming towards the end of his peak and slightly coming downhill, right? Right, I but look still up... top 10 corner in the NFL. Yes, he is. I mean, yes, he's right there on the fringe for me, he I would is, say. He is a very highly paid corner. If my internet could work, I could get it for That's you. That's the same problem But I'm my having. question that I'm having for you is, is this a second-round pick? Is this a third-round pick? Or is it what we saw with Amari Cooper as a first-round pick? Amari's throwing everything off because Amari, the Cowboys should not have given up a first-round pick. I think that's crazy. I think it's crazy, too. And we'll get to that in a second. Okay. But what do you think is realistic, not including Amari Cooper? Re- Amari Cooper for a first-round pick yeah. with Sammy Watkins getting a 60 Late first-round, second-round pick. I mean, you look at the Saints, the issue they have is what? 
they traded their first round pick away to get Marcus, Marcus Davenport. Davenport. So now they're going to have to go further down the line. Is your internet still not working yeah, either? Yeah, it's not working. Yeah, nice. Don't either. worry about it. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. All, All right, Patrick Peterson, trending players. Um, but I, I uh, yeah, I, I think around that, and then I do want to see his total contract situation because that uh, that certainly will play a factor in this. Whether how much money he is to do to be made, uh, how many years he has left on his deal altogether. I think he's secured up for at least one or two more years. I want to say as soon as our internet starts to work here. All right, we'll but beyond that, that, because honestly, it really doesn't impact anything. Yeah. It's just numbers. Right. I need your attention. Yes. Get away from your internet. Look at me. Yeah. You're not looking at no, me. No, I'm going trying to figure this out. It's going to drive me crazy until okay. I get there. Where do you want him to go? Uh, I want him to go to the Saints, I think, out of all the teams. Saints over Saints Chiefs. Saints over the Chiefs. One of those two, yes. Why not Patriots? Um, Because you're done with Because, yeah, I mean, they've had enough. How yeah. many, many things do they got to have in their life? I mean, yeah, sure. It would be to awesome the- to see them go to the Patriots, yes. Uh, but I, I want mean, him on the I want him on the Chiefs. You want him on the Chiefs. I want I want Veach to make the call and get him on the Chiefs. I think he looked cool in a Chiefs jersey, right? And I'd like a guy that's that fast to be on the same team as Tyreek. They're Hill. in the window. Go for it. You need it. Yes, they really do. They need that other cover guy. All right, other trade. Yeah, Amari Cooper. Dude, this is so goes annoying. to the. Ca- it's really. I mean, I'm literally getting a 504 gateway oh, timeout. Yeah, that's that, what I said. That's, that's what, what I'm at a public library. Uh, Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. First round pick. One, did the Cowboys need to make a move for a wide receiver? Was that what they were missing? Because I watched Washington Dallas yesterday, and I didn't immediately go, man, they don't have enough wide receivers that are getting open. I'm looking at the offensive line. I'm looking at Dak, and I'm going, I'm not seeing anything from Dak. Yeah, no, there's uh, the offense is not capable of, uh, and no. Uh, the offense is not capable of doing anything special, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. because the pass game schematics are nothing groundbreaking. It's kind of simple. Do they need another receiver? Yes, they definitely do. Uh, and it will come into play in games where they can dominate you know, the offensive line of scrimmage more. Yesterday, they couldn't do that. So then the Redskins were never put in a position to go, well, we have to compromise ourselves on the back end a little bit and get in some single safety defenses right. or play man-to-man to stop right. the run. So that's the real issue. This is a lo- They're playing this for the long play, I'm sure. This is for... But Amari's okay. going to be up for a contract very soon. He has his fifth-year option coming up, right? Yeah. So they have him for the rest of this year and next year. We yes. know that. Um but a first-round pick on a wait-and-see for a guy that we haven't really seen do anything the last two years. First-round pick for a guy who has been incredibly inconsistent the last two years and has – good thing he came in here and fixed that. Um, <laughs> good thing he did that. Good old four, 504 gateway timeout. We are an internet company. Welcome to not the internet here at Bleacher Report. Anyway. So, but either way, oh, no, we can't talk about that. Uh, well, no, I'd rather hear you talk about fucking Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, I didn't know why John Gruden got left, got rid of him. I mean, you got to be thinking that John Gruden picked up the phone and said, Reggie, they're offering us a first-round pick. Are you kidding me? Like, this is crazy. I thought you'd have to give up a third-round pick for Amari Cooper. Yeah, I could have seen a second because he is still young in his prime of his career. But for a guy who is not going to endear himself to a head coach who's brand new there. He's been underperforming, and now you're going to go, 
gosh, I have no feel for this guy on a personal level. He has no charisma. He doesn't really communicate with me very well. All he does is open his eyes and then open them a little wider when he agrees or disagrees. I mean, that's what Amari Cooper does. You talk to anybody. I mean, I've even talked to other people, medias of the member out there in the Bay Area. It's... uh, Nobody can get a read on Amari no, Cooper. That's what's scary. So when things aren't good, like we've said in weeks past, uh, that's when a head coach is going to go, okay, it's not good on the field. I don't know if I'm what I'm really saying is getting through to this individual. Yes. He gives me no feedback. So I need to get him out of here and start new with some new toys. So kudos for the Raiders to do that. And, yes, the Cowboys are making a desperate ploy here to change their team around midseason right now and add a new piece because they still feel like the NFC East is within reach. And it is within reach. Of course reach. it is. And that's what I'm trying to tell Eagles fans is calm down. The the, the vision leader is 4-2. and two. And so They're not that far away. No, they're not. But the Raiders on the other side, three first-round picks next year. Man. So two years ago, we're sitting there going, the Raiders. Is there a better trio of Amari Cooper, Derek Carr, and Khalil Mack? And Derek Carr is the only one left. They don't have to pay money for Khalil Mack. They don't have to pay money for Amari Cooper. Derek Carr's contract was not that crazy. They have a lot of money to spend right now. And three first-round picks. I will say this. What did they get for Colton Miller? Do we know what they they did for They traded back, and I think they got mid-round picks. Nothing that crazy. You didn't want to look it up? I don't trust this internet. It's fucking garbage. So lay off me back. But I think the the reason that I feel like all of a sudden, getting a first-round pick for Amari Cooper was great. And kudos to John Gruden for that. But we have a problem in our society of of valuing draft picks more than proven commodities. Definitely. We look at three first-round picks and we go, that could be three Aquila Max. That could be three Derek Cars. It most likely will Will not. not be. Think about all the big-time trades in the past. Julio Jones gets the Browns five picks. None of them are on the team. We see this all the time. Carson Wentz. Think about all the draft picks the Browns got. Corey Coleman's not on a team. Like, all those picks are nothing. Yeah, no, I know. So unless John Gruden knows how to draft, and I'm sitting here looking at who we got this year, and they got some good pieces, but... We don't know what those are going to be. No, you don't. It's that's the unknown. Uh, but I think the the thing he knows just with this particular case here, this one I get. He knows what he knows with Amari Cooper, and he doesn't like what he sees. And uh, I, I think this is a win win for both sides. Like, yeah, great for great for the Raiders. They accumulate the pick, and then Amari Cooper needs a fresh start. It's just I feel like people are on him out there. There's certainly questions. Derek Carr's definitely lost confidence in him. And I could tell you through play calling and play design that John Gruden's certainly not uh, doing a lot around him either, which tells me he's lost confidence, especially when he came in as hard as he did in the offseason to go, oh, he's going to be my toy and we're going to get him off. My main option. Right. So can you? to me you, there was an issue. Let me get the Sims prediction. The hell with it. Do you? Yeah, yeah I don't really care. Do you see... Amari Cooper having success for the Cowboys this season? Um, To a degree. I'm not going to say that it's going to be anything groundbreaking. I think the one thing you'll see is if Dak Prescott sees him one-on-one, he's going to be willing to take shots at least for him. He's going to be told by the coaches, we traded for this guy, so if you see him one-on-one, take those shots. Yes, and then I think they'll also try to let him have some of the Tavon Austin role of the speed sweeps and some of those things as well. They're going to try to get their money's worth out of him, but I don't know what to think of Amari Cooper. I really don't. Flip side. Yeah. What are Raiders players telling each other right now? 
Um, that it's a rebuild year. The seasons there they they've thrown in the white towel. So and, then, what happens to a team? Yeah, that they're coming off of their bye. The face of their defense left, and they dealt with that for a few weeks. Then the guy that the whole offseason, the coach goes, "This is our main weapon." They yeah. trade him. How do they continue to get up for games? Um, this is the beauty of the NFL. Do you want a job next year? Oh, your contract's not guaranteed. Better fucking play good because the head coach is still going to be there for nine more years, as we know right now. So if you want to play for the Raiders, you better impress them for the last 10 weeks of the season. You know, that's where the NFL is dangerous. Everybody is fighting for their lives on that football team other than like five people, right? We've, we discussed that. I mean, yeah. you know, hey, the quarterbacks, he's good to go. Uh, Kalichi Assembly uh, Kale- yeah. is good to go. Rodney Hudson, he's good to go. You know, Gabe Jackson, he's good to go. Everybody else is unnoticed on that football team and is playing for their job and a future audition, whether that's with the Raiders or somebody else. Wow. I know. And then John's not going to give up. Dude, I mean, Gruden John's not going to sit there. so hard. Yeah. So hard. I know. But you know what? If he watched Sunday Night Football, I'd hit reset too. Because you're not competing with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. No. Unless you hit the reset button hard. I want to say that no matter what happens in my bets, no matter what happens during the day if the Eagles lose, I wish the Chiefs could play on Sunday night every week. Because there is something blissful about turning on a game and seeing an executed game plan to perfection on a weekly basis. Athletic ability, speed, quickness, X's and O's. It is such a beautiful thing to watch. And I really would like the Chiefs to play on Sunday night football every week. I think as a country, we deserve it. (laughs) I believe that we deserve three hours of smiling, of... Of Patrick Mahomes on the side, oh oh oh, and 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 just randomly throwing a Tyree kill seventy yards down the field, and it's open. Right. Like I, I think we deserve that as a country. I yeah. really do. Oh, so that's very nice of you. That's sweet good, good for you, Carolina. But, but it is it is fun to watch. It's special. I mean, what they do on the offensive side of the football, and when they play that way, where they jump out in front of you like last night, oh. that's the one thing that they've shown. And I think like we all worry about their defense, right? And I understand it. The defense is not good it certainly has some issues but i think the other thing like their corners hanging on aj green's neck during routes and it not being well it's they hold on every play on purpose especially 22 orlando skandrick yes they hold every play and they go you're not going to call it every time right yeah but but their big thing too is playing from ahead they have playmakers on the defensive side of the ball we've talked about like d ford and jones they can they can make a few plays to change the football game um if they can get Eric Berry out there, it could be a lot like we saw two years ago when they were the number two seed in the AFC playoffs where, yeah, the defense statistically is not one of the best in football, but they create a lot of turnovers, a lot of pick sixes. And when they play in front, because they do so many different things on the defensive side of the ball, and you go, okay, damn, we're behind. We got to throw the football. They do a lot of different stuff on the back end that's going to confuse a quarterback uh, and an offensive play caller to a degree, and they put the pressure on you. And that's why, yes, their defense is the worst in football. Yeah. But I don't know if it's really the worst. You know, you gotta you gotta remember this. When teams are playing the Kansas City Chiefs, one, they're coming from behind, so they're gonna put up stats, and the yes. defense is gonna go, We're up by twenty one. We're not gonna play man to man in your face unless you have a seventy yard bomb. I'm waiting for the stat to go. The Chiefs are actually a top ten run defense. I wonder why. Yeah, right. Because the other team has to throw it 60 times to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I, I, you have to take that into account. Numbers Out lie, of, people. They do lie. Exactly right. Added to the fact, right, that when you play the Patriots, I mean, play the Chiefs, you go, huh, 
We're going to have to push the envelope on the offensive side of the yes. ball today to keep pace. So all those things skew the stats to a degree. There are some redeeming qualities about their defense. And, man, the way that game started last oh. night, whoo, you knew it was trouble for the Bengals, and then it was over once he threw the pick six. It's the Andy Reid I've always wanted. It's the quarterback I've always wanted. You have an eight-year-old. And on the game last night, they showed a clip of Patrick Mahomes at eight years old. Yeah throwing a basketball three quarters of a court on a line right. and drilling it. Yeah. Number one. Right. Could Philip do that right I now? I think he could. I think Philip could get it there. Yes, I do. Yeah? Yes, I do. Do you think you could have done that when you were eight? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, yes. <laughs> so not that impressive? <laughs> no, it was very it was still very impressive. He he's a special he's a special hand eye talent. I, I keep watching him, Sims, and going Maybe this is the week when he comes back to normal. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And then I go, no, this is the normal. It is the normal, man. He's got a chance to break Peyton Manning's single-season touchdown record and you're one of his starters as a career, which is also just shows you how skewed the stats are this day and age, okay? It's just a different world. I mean, did you see the graphic they put up last night about— That he has six consecutive 300-yard games and Elway's like, longest was three. Right, and right. And Marino's longest was three. Exactly right. So it just shows you. The 300-yard passing game this day and age is like, the 200 is yard like 180 to 200 back in the old days. That's really what it is. Uh, but, yeah, but nonetheless, you know it's amazing. You know what? Yeah. His 300 is so different yeah, than yeah, anyone else's it, it is. It's not, it's not a lot of BS 300. It's, it strikes down the field. And every um, time Tariq Hill touched the ball, Tyreek Hill touched the ball, he went, I think Sims is right. Yeah, I know. It hurts. It hurts everybody. The truth hurts. Speaking of the truth. Yes. Oh, also, we got to get to the truth with Patrick Peterson because my internet worked here. A bleacher report. All right. The, well, we just want to inform the people, don't we? Yeah, do, sure do. So next year he gets eleven million dollars, eleven million dollar cap hit, and it's dead money. His dead money. You could release him if you wanted to, but eleven's not but that much. No, eleven's not bad for that point of his career. Yeah, you'd you'd pay that. So what about you the have year two. After that? The year after that, the dead money. If you want, it's thirteen million dollars, and the dead money six hundred thirty four thousand. So so he actually has a perfect contract. He really he really to does trade for see him for a year. Yes, and if he does really well, maybe you you, you up go him. okay right. You're, you go, he's only gonna be twenty nine right. And then if it doesn't work out and you're in a short window like the Saints, yeah. uh, where you're like, I don't know how much more time I have a breeze, so right. I'm not going to keep this guy, right. then you, you cut him for six hundred grand. I would think the Saints are going to be one of the teams that are certainly going to be in play for him here. And like you said, the Chiefs, I Chiefs, think the Patriots, Saints, Patriots will make a move. Eagles. Will a team like Pittsburgh or Houston or the Chargers come into the mix here? That'll be it the could thing be that a I'm bidding interested war. It could be. Okay. Um, speaking of the truth, yeah, there was a moment on Sunday where Josh and I looked at each other and we only heard something. It was a red alert. It was a moment that we knew was coming for a very long time. We I didn't know where you were going. We battened down the hatches. Right. We called for backup. Right. And we said, oh my God, it's happened. Blake Portals was benched. <laughs> and the only thing that I wondered in my little pea brain. Your little pea brain. Was, is Sims at home right now feeling happy, feeling sad, or is he standing up on his couch and going, I told you so! <sighs> Give me all your truths! What, what were you doing? I can't say... 
I was shocked, but not shocked after he fumbled the second time. And I was keeping my eye on that game, of course, because it was one of my favorite games of the day, really, to watch. And as I was watching, you know my thoughts about him already. I can always tell when he's not sure where the ball is going to go on a given day. From the beginning of the game. From the beginning of the game. His first throw of the game, the ball comes out of it. Anybody that's out there, watch on TV or watch on film, whatever, he hops around. He'll throw the ball and he'll hop like, oh gosh, I hope it gets there. Oh, I hope it's complete. Like when you bowl and you're wanting it to curve and you're like, go! Exactly. Oh, he does that. That kind of stuff. Exactly right. Where he hops. So that's to me, when when I start to see that Blake Bortles, I go, oh. He has no idea where the ball's going today. He's just hoping it goes where he wants it to go. And that's really been the theme for the last three weeks is that type of play. So it started out like that. You know, their offense was stagnant. Then, of course, his two turnovers led to 10 points. Yeah, deep in his own zone. Right. And uh, I thought, man, after he fumbled the second time, I said, man, they, they they won't pull him out. They'll probably let him go at least another series or two. And I looked up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, number six is in the game. And there you had it. Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. So so, where do you want to start, I don't even know. This has been your ship. Well, I mean, it's my ship. First of all, I mean, if I'm going to just take cheap shots at everybody, I want to go, where are you people? Where is everybody that wanted to tell me a black Blake Bortles winning the AFC Divisional game in Pittsburgh and playing great in New England and playing great in week two of New England this year and – Oh, I just, it's been four weeks in a row of horrible play. I don't hear anybody ever come to me and go, all the haters of the Twitterverse and Instagram, I don't hear anybody go, damn, Chris, you know what? We're wrong. We were wrong. You were right. Sorry, man. Because I know I do that all the time when I'm wrong. I say I self-scout myself. I get out there. I just want some of the apologies. That's what I want. And then my other thing went to anger. You know it went to anger. Because it went to anger because I wanted to be like, fucking Jacksonville, what were you thinking with this? What did you think was going to happen? You did this. Yeah, you did this. This is your fault. You made this bed. Deal with it. You said to us in the offseason, he's five. He's a good personality. Everyone out there is hating on him. Right. This is all over the top. We trust him. He's a great leader. Right. I mean, they never talk about his play. That's the thing that you just have to read between the tea leaves to go and go, oh, the team doesn't really think he's good. They say everything. They avoid all conversation about his play on the field. It's always something else. I he's, take a hit for him. Right. He's great in the locker room. He, I like when he runs into people. Yes. Remember, there was a whole article about him running people over. Yes. So you would like an apology. I would like an apology. From all the people. But you're, you are upset at Jacksonville. I am upset at Jacksonville. Because their window is a closing. Right. We're seeing it on the defensive side of the ball because it's funny when you look it up and you go, oh, they did allow 20 points. Okay, Houston scored a field goal because they got the ball in Jacksonville's 36 off the Bortles exactly, fumble. Exactly, right. And then, as you said, they got the ball Jacksonville's 12, which led to a touchdown. Yes. Their only other touchdown, they started at the 40, which I can pretty much guarantee you Jacksonville did nothing on offense before that drive and then punted it to the 40. Exactly right. That was that was the game, and Jacksonville's defense was phenomenal in the football game. I don't know what other way to say it, but when you got to play beyond the field all game long, and the pressure's on you every week to win the football game, and I know they haven't been at their best the last few weeks, but last week they hung in there with Dallas for a long time. You know, they're just when the offense is constantly going three and out, six and out, three and out. Yeah, I don't care who you are. The 85 Bears would have had a hard time being the 85 Bears if that was the case. You know, it's just too tough, and it's unfortunate because, like we've said, this is one of the best teams in football, and Fournette getting hurt, Fournette getting hurt 
and them losing Cam Robinson on the left tackle. But Sims, the Jaguars were undefeated when Fournette didn't play last year. Oh, I know. That's like that's such Bortles a... was a better quarterback when Fournette didn't play. I thought they were better without Fournette. Yeah, they're not. Because Fournette is a sledgehammer and it's a there's no value you can put on a guy again where it's first and ten and there's nothing nowhere to go or nothing to do and he could still run for three and four yards and keep you in second and six and then Blake Bortles can throw his running back screen or a shallow cross or throw the guy in the flat off the bootleg and those are the things that aren't there now because there's no run game. Doug Marone told reporters right. that he is not going to announce his quarterback until he talks to Blake and Cody Kessler. Okay. What do you think he's going to do? I think starting in London. Bortles plays well in London, man. I feel like a, that London will play a, a a role in this. Like he might might chicken out a little bit and go, man, Cody Kessler, Eagles defense, weird week of preparation, weird going week. to London. Maybe I just keep it the same for one more week. And if he and he plays bad again, we got the bye week after, and then we reassess from there. Yeah, I mean, he literally came out and said the thought process was I can't take all 11 out, like all the 11 of the offensive guys. He's upset the whole offense, right. and that was his excuse. Maybe I'm trying to motivate him. But I want to do something that's proactive. I don't want to just shit on Bortles. Yeah. The, I have a list of the Lefko five. Yep. The Lefko five that I believe the Jaguars should look into maybe getting sure. to salvage this season that could somehow come in and Fournette comes back after this game in the bye, which I think they've been pretty much yeah. clearly saying. Right. I hope so for my fantasy team. I think so. But the guys that I think they should call, and yeah. you tell me the viability. Okay. Number one. Robert Griffin III. Yeah. We saw what he did in preseason. We saw how he looked with the Baltimore Ravens. He has the mobility that can make that offense work. All of his passes were looking crisp, super tight, all across the middle. Definitely. And I think he'd work well with that team. Yeah. Do you think the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson getting a lot of snaps, be willing to trade him for a second, third round pick? I don't. I don't. mm. I don't think so. I think it would have to be the kind of trade that would blow them out of the water. Maybe a second round pick. If they dra- if they said we'll send you a second round pick yeah, for RG three, then they might think about it. I just don't know if they'd be willing to part ways with that. Maybe um, maybe a pass rusher. But you maybe also a Dante Fowler. I mean, yeah. But you also got to think. You're right. It had to be something along that that type of of line with it. But yeah, you also got to remember the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think they trust Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback of their right. football team if Joe Flacco gets hurt. So that's why RG three is there. And that's the issue, as everyone's going to notice. Yeah. I have a lot of names to pitch. Yeah, your names are good. Keep but- going. You think that, especially after we saw Nick Foles step up right. for the Eagles and Case carry Keenum. them, right. that they're the teams that are actual Super Bowl champions are not going to be willing to get rid of their backup. And they're the teams that have the good backups kind of the, right now, like Nick Foles. Right. Let's go there. Yeah. If they called up the Eagles and said, "We're going to give you a draft pick for Nick Foles and Carlos Hyde," Ooh. we're going to get Carlos Hyde and we're going to flip him and give him to you. And I know you think the Eagles need a running back. They do. Would the Eagles trade Nick Foles for a second-round pick and Carlos Hyde? Would you I think there would be a chance they would. I do, yes. I think they would have enough faith to go, okay, this is a big enough deal to change around our football team, not only for this year, but for a year or two after this. Yeah. And Nate Sudfeld, who they've spoken highly of, played okay. they might play the, roll the dice on this one and go, 
All right, we'll roll the dice this year. We don't think Carson Wentz But if you were the Jaguars, again. would you want Nick Foles? Would he help that team out a lot? He de- he would definitely help them out. Yes, he okay. would. There's no question. Okay. This is one that I don't think... Well, how about this one? Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. He was already picked up, traded for from the Saints. Right. Uh, to get from the Jets. Do you see... No. Look, I... Okay. No. Because I love Taysom Hill. I know you do, but th- there's a reason they traded for Teddy Bridgewater because they saw enough throwing or non-throwing from Taysom Hill in training camp to go, he's not ready to be our backup yet. And I think you... he's the future guy that they're they're grooming, but he's still he's still this running back slash I'm learning how to throw and be a quarterback. Punt return Right, gunner. he's a beast. He's like It's incredible. He's like a more athletic Tim Tebow. But that's I'd like Sean Payton to only run that offense. <laughs> you like, like I don't need wild, passing wildcat. Yeah, just beat him with the mouth. wildcat. Yeah, but it's funny. It's another team that's in the Super Bowl window. Exactly. You have the Ravens and Saints in that window, and right. the Eagles really, and right. they're not going to give up their backup. This is another team that's kind of in the window. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to say that guy's not a real guy. The Chargers. Yeah, I know. Geno Smith. Right. Who's been very good his whole career and was on a shit Jets team that nobody gave him credit for. Okay, and then came in last year for Eli Manning and played one of the best games of the year at quarterback for the Giants. Did um, he play on the Raiders too? And he played e. against Manning? the Raiders. Yes, yes that was yes. The, and he played well. But Geno Smith, how much better is Geno Smith than Blake Bortles? I mean, light years. I don't know what else to say. I mean, yes, I mean he can drop back and throw the football where he wants to, when he wants to, on time. But you your know, thing is, the Chargers, if they lose Phillip Rivers, still have a chance with Geno Smith. Exactly. I know and people they, are going, oh, that's crazy. No, Geno Smith can sit back there and dice some people up in that offense. I'm not saying he's Phillip Rivers, but all you got to do, again, is look at the first two drives of Cody Kessler. See, what people don't even realize is what Jacksonville's not even doing. They don't even realize what they're missing in their offense because plays can't, certain plays can't be called with Blake Bortles because he can't get the ball out of his hand quick enough and crisp enough sometimes mm. for the shorter, you know, more dissecting passing routes to be surgical in a zone coverage. He can't do that. So, you know, there it was, the first drive, I think they ended up going three and out or six and out, but then the next drive, it was kind of quick passing game, precision, bam, 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 and then yeah. he rolls out to the right and threw, you know, a nice little loft pass to Yeldon who made a great catch in the end zone. But that's what I mean. I don't think people are realizing what they're missing in that Jacksonville offense. That I think people think are they're calling these plays because this is what they really want to call. Right. They're, they don't realize that they're having to call these plays. That's what I've been trying to tell people. My last thing is I was trying to look around the league and look at all the backups, and I, I found a guy on a team right now. Yeah. Um, his last four games, he's gotten in six touchdowns, one interception. Uh, for the year, the last real full, I guess, 11 games he's played, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. And I think he's really good. And I would just ask anyone, and he's super mobile. Yes, sponsored by a certain Nike. Yeah, he's not a backup. It's Colin Kaepernick. Oh. There's zero chance they're going to sign him. Zero. I mean, two but, things. But my thing is, is if you're really trying to win, you got to bring him in. If you're really trying to win, you got to bring Cap in. <laughs> That's like the that. phrase. I like that. If you're trying to win, you bring Cap in. Yeah. If you're not, then you need to make a trade. Because uh, who's the guy that just got cut by the Broncos? Uh, Paxton Lynch. Lynch. Paxton Lynch ain't going to be the guy. No. Romo ain't coming out of the booth. 
other than maybe Matt Sims, there's nobody on the street right now that I'm going to go, you know what, they're better than uh, Cody Kessler or Blake Bortles. Right. But there's one free agent available that might be. Yeah. And if you don't bring them in, you ain't trying to win. No, I I, I hear you. You know, I'll play devil's advocate, okay? Please do. We know I'm on your side with this. Colin Kaepernick's been fucked over. I don't know whether to say it. He's been screwed over. Do you think he's still in shape? I do think he's still in shape. Okay. Now, being able to step in after not playing a year and a half of football will not be easy. So I don't think that's going to – like Jacksonville's going to look at that and go, oh, we want that guy. We need – they're going to yes. look at and we need somebody that can tr- contribute right away. And as you and I both know, NFL coaches are extremely conservative and they have a hard time going, let's roll the dice on the guy that hasn't played in 2 years. So now the re- so now him being held out against yeah, his be used will against is them. now going to be used against. Exactly. Him. Oh, the other great. thing I would say, which is again so screwed up that is he's his not- style something that would fit that oh, offense. Oh, it's perfection. Mwah. Ciao bella. That's how well Kaepernick what? fits. What? I mean, bootleg Nate Hackett system. Play action passes. Oh, nothing's open. Run around. I mean, come on. Yeah, he would be phenomenal, let alone that he could really throw the ball when he is throwing it at his best. He could actually throw it to DJ Chark deep. I mean, he could throw it as good as, I mean, we've seen. We, we have enough evidence to go, when Colin Ka- Kaepernick has an offense and a little coaching, his physical ability can be special. Hmm. I mean, he could throw balls that I would go, man, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that can throw that ball right there. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are going to turn the corner like he just did in the running game. Yeah. So I hear you. But the other thing we have to play into this, too, the region of the country. Okay. At the same point, I knew you were going to say that. I know. Because the Carolina the, Panthers he's signed not the quarterback. Eric Reed. I know. He's not the quarterback, though. That's, that would be and my Carolina pushback. is right out there with Florida. You're right. You're right. I get you. It's just still not the quarterback, so they it's not as polarizing. Laws in and, Carolina. <laughs> yeah, it's very troubling. Added to the fact that. Tom Coughlin. Oh, we know that. Though. I know. Yeah, but like, I am I'm not... just telling you, he's an Army guy. He's a freaking West Point Army guy. And then he should have the accountability to look in the mirror and go, what is my duty? He should my have had the to accountability win. to get a quarterback in the offseason and not be held hostage by this idea. Him and Dave Caldwell. Like, this is why I'm mad at Jacksonville. You know I like Jacksonville. This is where this all started because I love watching Jacksonville play and there's this been this one issue at the one position that's kind of important for the last three years. And I've been trying to tell people that they're the best team in football. So there's a part of me now that wants to go, eat it, Jacksonville. Screw you. Cuddle up and spoon next to Blake Bortles. Pull up the covers and get cozy because this is the bed you made. Remember when you offered him a two-year, $36 million contract and you were, you were what, uh, you were, you were go- going against yourself? Uh, what do I want to say there? You know, they were, they were, you know. Oh, they were negotiating Negotiating. Thank you is the word I was. They were negotiating against themselves. Who's out there offering $18 million? No one. No one. Oh, we'll give him 18 no, who's offering ten million? No one, no one. Oh, we'll give him eighteen. Who's offering five million? No one, no one. We'll give him eighteen. I mean, that's what they did. So there's like a part of me that just wants to go, eat it, Jacksonville. This is what you deserve. Your team could have gone to the Super Bowl this year, and you wanted to, you know, ride the ship again. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It makes me angry though because I do like them. I have man crushes on them. You know that. The only other names were maybe Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. That is the one that makes sense the most, right? When we looked at it. Because he's definitely not going to be replacing Blake uh, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. They're not on a Super They're Bowl not team. not on a Super Bowl team. Right. And they have he's Drew Stanton. 
and they have Drew Stanton, who's a solid number two, number three. Right. So you could go, okay, like if they want to Why do would that. Tyrod work in Jacksonville when it wasn't working in Cleveland? Yeah, it's not, not that it's going to be groundbreaking, um, but again, I could promise you Tyrod, Tyrod in his whole life hasn't thrown as many screwballs as Blake Bortles did in the first quarter of that game yesterday. And when I say screwballs, I mean like, you know, again, people are going to look at like little plays like Keelan Cole over the middle early on where, you know, it was like a five-yard pass and he was right there. And they're going to go, oh, well, he should have caught that because he got two hands on it. Yeah, he should have caught it. Sure. He's an NFL receiver. But I'd also say the guy was sitting there and it was like – a rocket ball wobbler down by his knees. Like you couldn't make it any harder on the guy to catch the football. And that again goes into it. Saw Cody Kessler throw like 20 of those and they never dropped them because it was a spiral and it was where it was supposed to be. And those are the little things again that people are missing. We've gotten to the point with Blake Bortles where he hits a five yard shallow and we go, see, he could play quarterback in the end. Look at that. Suck it, Sims. He threw a shallow cross, and the guy ran for 40. Sims doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm just trying to give everybody a reality of the situation. That's what we've come to. We've gone, ha, look at that. He threw the bootleg guy in the flat for 10 yards. He could play quarterback. What I don't understand is they can watch Patrick Mahomes and understand what greatness is. Yeah. And then they watch the other side and make excuses. Yeah. The funny thing is... You don't get paid based on like clicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's only true observation. But people want you to be biased because it makes them feel better. I, I don't that's so. what I've never I understood. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Like you like there's no advantage to you lying. Nor do I exactly right. Nor do I like listen to social media or like get like involved with that conversation to let it influence me. It's so. the, if you want to argue about whether or not Odell is immature or a team leader, right. if you want to argue about um, Tyree Kill being number one, yeah, if you want to talk about that, Michael Thomas it. not being top ten, those are great conversations. These are great conversations. But the Blake Bortles one has always been so black and white, and I've never understood how anyone could make it gray. No, I know. I really think a lot of it is just because he's such a good guy. I get it. I know, and I think that's part of the, the backlash. You brought up Michael Thomas. Yeah. If there's one team, so we have a new Falcons, and it's the Saints, which is incredible. <laughs> who I picked to go to the Super Bowl. Who you were ahead of the Saints last year, had yeah. them winning the, the South before anybody did. But I'm noticing something. Yeah. You are lower on Kamara than most people. Right. You are lower on Mike Thomas, Thomas than most people. Yes. And you are definitely lower on Drew Brees than most people. Right. And it's not because you don't like the Saints. It's because you're so darn high on Sean Payton. Yes. And what, what I would like you to do for the people out there, and even Michael Thomas, who responds to tweets, apparently, right, right. and people that when you don't put them on the list, it's it's because you believe that Sean Payton puts people in a position to succeed exactly. better than almost any other coach in the NFL. Right. And if you could explain to people, without even having to look up numbers yeah, and all I won't. that, I won't. what is it about Sean Payton that other coaches don't do and what is it about Sean Payton that truly, in your mind, makes him a top five play caller in the history of the NFL? Right. Like you, do you really put him up there with the Bill Walshes? Without a doubt. Do you really put him up there with like the great offenses of all time? Air Coriel, you just name it. Yeah, he's he's surpassed like he's surpassed all of them except for maybe okay, a Bill Walsh. Okay, that's that's a really special guy. But other than that. 
Man, Sean Payton, with all that he's done offensively for that New Orleans Saints football team. All right, so first of all, let's just take what we saw yesterday, okay? Just think about all the things he does to give it give his team an advantage. Okay, he plays in that game. They go for it on fourth down on the first drive of the football game. Four times. Four times. And But why does that make him a good coach? Well, it makes him a good coach because it's, again, aggressiveness. It keeps them in control of things. Their offense starts to go, damn, okay, coach, is, he's got confidence that we can continue to do this. And they were good play calls on they the fourth They were downs. extremely creative play calls, except for the one pitch out, which right. looked like it might get it too, except they just got too close to each other and Taysom Hill misses it. But it's aggressive play calling like that, keeping a Baltimore Ravens defense out on the field, which is not used to. It's used to get off the field, let's go over there and rest yes. so we can be back 100%, yes. kick some butt again. You change the dynamic of the football game right off the bat with little stuff like that. Now, let's talk about the Taysom Hill part. Oh, no, they've played two outside road games this year. On the first drive of both of those games, he's called Taysom Hill fake punts. Okay, and they got first downs both of those times. And that's him. So that's him. That's totally head coach stuff. Head coach is the guy that makes those plays and decisions. He goes in during the week and goes, What he might ask a special teams coach on a Monday or Tuesday, what do you think are maybe two or three fake special teams plays we could get away with this week? How do you think now, the rest of the NFL talks about Sean Payton? I think a lot like I do. In fact, I know they do. I mean, Sean, okay, so then... Like, you know Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. What does Kyle Shanahan think about Sean Payton? Kyle Shanahan, I bet you... I know this. Watches Sean Payton's tape every week. Just to see. Let me just see what he's doing. Let me see if I can steal a few ideas. He's a, he's a staple for a lot of OCs in football because they want to go, what's the new screen pay? What's the new play action pass he's running? You know... What's, what did he do? on? All, he ran all these fourth downs. Let me go see what he did on these fourth downs to go back and so I can maybe use one or steal one when mm-hmm. I have a fourth and short. But, okay, it's, it's, it's more than even that with Sean Payton. It's the toughness of his football team. This team went from a, oh, we're going to be 5,000 5, yards a year with Drew Brees and we're going to throw the ball all over the lot to, man, Drew's getting up there a little bit. I don't know if he can carry us with 5,000 anymore. Let's become a power running team and smash mouth football. You know who's one of the best running teams in football the last two years? The New Orleans Saints. They never they never lose patience with it. They run the ball on just about everybody we're seeing. Um, okay, then it you, also seems like he has complete control of this franchise. He does for the most part. Yeah, I, I mean it's him and Mickey Loomis are making player decisions together. But yeah, how can you not trust them? Because it's funny because it seems like you everyone focuses on the Saints that you underrate, right? But really what you're saying is, no, you're all underrating Sean Payton. Of course they are. Now, again, okay, so there's that. You know, the run game. Forget the play play design, which is like we talked about this a few weeks ago. Sean Payton is, without a doubt, one of the best run game designers in football. He is either one, two, or three in the screen game. It's either him, McDaniels, or McVay. And then play action passes down the field for shots, I would say... It's Kyle Shanahan one and Sean Payton two, and then maybe McVay three. Hmm. It's very close there either way. So if we put Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Josh McDaniels, I'm even going to throw in Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, all these guys in the room, Sean McVay, and I said, which one of you guys do you all look at and go, man, they got some dynamic stuff? They're probably looking at what? McVay and Payton? Yeah, I mean, they're all going to go, ooh, he does things in his offense that he likes. They have all their, their all little strengths, but I think Sean Payton 
really has no weakness to his overall offensive game planning. Let's just talk about let's just talk about the record breaking game for Drew Brees a few weeks ago. Right. He breaks Again, Peyton Manning's record. Sooner. I'm not hating on Drew Brees. He's one of the ten best quarterbacks in the history of football. You know, maybe I say he's twelve. He's right around there. But you which know, is still incredible with which the thousands is, I of know, people that have played quarterback. But, but let's think about how all right, so he breaks the record on a great play design with a wide open with a wide open who was that Cameron Meredith on that one? No, it was not. It was uh who was it? The other kid, Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. So Traquan Smith for a wide open sixty two yard touchdown pass where nobody's in the screen. The ball went like twenty yards. Let alone earlier in the game to help those yards out. We saw what a Mark Ingram scheme. Twenty eight yard what, down to the one-yard line screen pass? It's always plays like that. And Michael Thomas is a really good football player. But again, how can anybody watch yesterday and go, Michael Thomas is on the level of some of the other guys that I've put in front of him? I mean, he's not like he ran a double move out and up, which was called by Sean Payton in the huddle, okay? And it was set up and drew through the ball perfect. But other than that, what was there that makes everybody go, oh, wow, it's so dynamic and special after the catch or he's just blowing by people deep and they have to put another guy on him. So it's not about a disrespect for anybody else. Michael Thomas is really good. I just don't think he's one of the 10 best in football. He has a definite role within that offense and Sean Payton knows how to use him within that role. That's what he is. He's better than Marquise Colston. That's what he is for them. Back shoulder catches, work the middle of the field, catch a slant down in the ground in the end zone for a touchdown, catch those tough footballs yes. that keep the drives moving. I spit there. That was a lot. But, yes, uh, that's why I look at Sean Payton. I don't know if that was good enough for you. It was perfect. How about, a, how about an onside kick to start the second half of a Super Bowl that nobody's ever done in the history of the sport? How about that? You I know? think that's the part of Sean Payton that all those other offensive coordinators that I mentioned, um, I, I see it sometimes from Sean McVay, but... Sean Payton has the most guts. Yes. Sean Payton is, and you said this when we were talking about OCs a few weeks ago, he dials up the biggest oh crap plays on a regular basis yes. to really catch you. Yes. And he has no fear. And Sean Payton, to me, is a defensive coach's mindset with the brains of an offensive coordinator. Thank you. That's well, what it feels what like. What did they do? They went into Baltimore yesterday and said, no, we're, they said, we're Baltimore. Screw Baltimore. We'll we'll show you how to run and play tough football. They out Baltimore, Baltimore in Baltimore. Yeah, nobody does that. Did you read his pro- post game press conference? It's all it was about. Baltimore at home, controlling the clock. All these numbers that lead to Baltimore, Baltimore wins. When Baltimore he, got, he stopped them all yesterday. And and the fact that Baltimore got the fourteen point swing or the ten point swing at right. halftime, where they scored, got the ball back, and scored again, they went up seventeen to seven. I was like, uh oh, yeah. Baltimore did exactly what they need to do to win this game. Right. And the Saints came out, and it was just bang, bang, bang. Taysom Hill's a weapon. By the way, you're now one and one on predictions. Uh, Blake Bortles will be starting against the Eagles, but he will be quote on a pitch count, or they're gonna they're gonna a short leash. Short leash. Nailed yes. It. What was I one on one? What was my other? What was I wrong on? No, you're one for one. Oh, one for one. Sorry. Uh, and Tyron Matthew comes out and says, "Hey, Patrick Peterson, come to Houston." Oh, that that would be a spot. Like I said, they could really use him. And man, Honey Badger. Is balling right now. Uh, is. But I want to go off of what I'm noticing. Does that explain Sean Payton enough? You nailed it. All right. This is my thing that I'm seeing with the Saints. Yeah. 
there are certain seasons when something begins to brew right. that we don't have control over. Matt Ryan's MVP season, we were singing it from the beginning. Peyton Manning's 50-touchdown season, it was just there. The Adrian Peterson 2,000-yard season, we knew it in week four, and it kept on going. Right. There is a storyline brewing right now that you can all think that the MVP is wide open. I'm telling you right now, Patrick Mahomes is not winning the MVP because the cosmic alignment has begun. The Illuminati has sent in their vote and Drew Brees is winning MVP. It's aligning. Drew Brees, National Football Game, Monday Night Football, breaks Brett Favre and Peyton Manning's record, has the ultimate father moment with his kids while he's mic'd up and retires the ball on the field to the white-gloved hands of Dave Baker. Right. Then, in the game in which he scores his 500th touchdown, he also beats the one team that he had never beaten Which in the history awesome. of his career. That's like one of the coolest stats ever. Because you got to be on two teams for it to happen. It's pretty cool. So again, being up there with Peyton Manning and Brett Favre, both guys with some MVPs in their hardware yeah. box. Yeah. He also gave us the moment against Atlanta, his arch rival, the backward spin dive for a touchdown so that you could really go, awesome he's doing everything. Right. But you know how I know that the stars have aligned? Because for the first time in his NFL career, regular season, postseason, after 245 kicks, Justin Tucker missed an extra point. <laughs> And more importantly, if you saw the bulge of his eyes, some people said it was like he saw a ghost. That's exactly what he saw. He saw the spirit following Drew Brees push that ball a little bit to the right. That wasn't the wind. That was the football gods going, sorry, JT, it's Drew Brees time. Miss. (laughs) We are in the midst of the Drew Brees MVP season. Yeah. They will get the two seed in the NFC. They will they will cruise with this team. They have a very tough schedule coming up. But the Drew Brees MVP season is here. Just when weird stuff happens all year, just remember it's cosmic and we don't have any control and it's the one thing missing from his resume. Yeah. And it's here. Yeah. We don't have any control. No, it does seem like a lot of stars are aligning for that. It's a shame. Because what's going to happen eventually, they're going to go, oh, Mahomes, he's got Tyree Kill. He's got Kelsey. He's got Hunt. He's young. He's got years left. Oh, I love that argument. He's He's got years left. Because, you know, in 20 years, we're going to look back and go, we're going to remember who was second place in any MVP voting. Yeah. We don't remember. Well, it it's insulting a, when they say it that. would be a shame either way. He's having a great year, and there's no doubt about that. But he's he would not, you know, of course, not be anywhere in the conversation for MVP of football for me at this point. Well, I know that it's really good, but I mean, well, you can't be the MVP of football when you're not even the focal point of your own offense. I mean, that's like, is that on a sign? I don't know what else to say. If you're not the focal point of your own offense, and they go, no, our running game and our linemen are. Then I, I don't think you should automatically be like canceled out there. But we have a lot of time left, and maybe he continues to kick ass here. You so know, right a lot now, gets made about the play. The always gets made about what Lefko completion percentage. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know who was the number one rated quarterback in football last year was? Mm. Who was it? 
Do you remember who the number one was? Because uh, I can tell you he ain't the number one quarterback in football. Sam Bradford? Alex Smith. Oh. Right? That tells you completion percentage is valued game. too highly on the quarterback rating scale. Yeah, That means nothing. The quarterback rating scale is stupid because of that, and it's Right skewed. now, Drew Brees' quarterback rating is 121.6 for the year. Right. 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And what no one ever talks about with Drew Brees is he arguably has the best offensive line in the NFL. After the games See, yesterday... we're sounding like a hater again. It's okay. But what's going to be funny, too, is I, I really... When they get to the playoffs? Well... I chickened out about putting the Chargers in the Super Bowl. I think I have them losing to the Steelers in the NFC. Yeah. But that would be a really amazing Super Bowl. Saints-Chargers. Right. Because Phillip Rivers, you can inject him in the MVP conversation right now. Sure. Because he's doing some special things as well. Phillip Rivers right now, over 2,000 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions, with a 117.8 quarterback rating. Just so you know... Patrick Mahomes, 2,200 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions, 114 quarterback yeah, rating. Yeah. Completion percentage is too much of an issue for this whole rating thing, though. It really is. I don't even know why it's a factor. Well, it shouldn't. It should be completion per attempt. That's what it should really – or yes. But you did text me You did text me uh, yeah. after the games, and you said, you can write it in ink. You can book it. The first two seeds for the NFC are ready to go. It is Rams and Saints. Yeah. You're you're ready to go already. Week seven. They're the top two seeds. I think so. I don't see how it'll fall off. I really don't. I think the, the Saints have already gone through the rough patch of their year no, as they far do as not. no. I'm just saying I know oh. their schedule. I'm just saying the way they played. They played oh, uninspiring yes. football the first three or four weeks and which ended is, up three and one. Right. And which we have talked about do. where we just go, that's when you know you're a good team. Yeah. When you don't play good and you look up and you go, well, we're three and one and we haven't even played good yet. Yeah. It is crazy, though. I will say this about their schedule. Yeah. At Minnesota. Right. And then home against the Rams. But here are the tough teams and they get them at home. They get the Rams at home. They get the Eagles at home. They get the Steelers at home. It's big. All the other teams they play, they got to go on the road to Minnesota, on the road to Cincinnati, which doesn't look as tough anymore, right. on the road to Dallas, and then the rest are divisional games. Yeah. But the tough teams, they get at home. Tough teams, and like two out of those three, you don't want to really play up there in their stadiums, and that's not where New Orleans and Drew Brees have been at their best in those outside elements. And you have Chiefs and Patriots locked in the AFC? I think so. Are there any other teams that you would be willing to lock right now for the playoffs? I mean... I know you want to say the Chargers, but you're a little bit concerned. That's my top five. My- I think I think the Chargers would. I, I feel pretty good about saying the Chargers are going to be a playoff football. Team, I can't yes. wait till Joey Bosa comes back. Yeah, I know. That's- my my top five in football right now is Rams number one, right. Patriots number two, Chiefs number three, Saints number four, Chargers number five. That's okay. my top five. Okay, that's yeah. Would you switch any of those? Or am I missing anybody? I don't have the Ravens right there right now. I think they're still missing something creatively. I'm not as much as a prisoner of the moment. Like, so I think you're calling I would, me a prisoner of the moment. Well, no, I just no, I just I think I would put the Chiefs two and the Patriots three, even though the I know they beat them, but you know, okay, they beat them in New England. They didn't play their best game. I get it. It's you know, I mean, who's to say I would that also, game is I would in also Kansas say, City? It's the same. I, I don't know. It's it's close. Right. Well, they have the tiebreaker, and yeah. if this goes to the playoffs, I yeah. feel good about the Patriots. Yeah, sure. My other thing would be, I like Bell Belichick having game tape of you against my defense. Sure. 
like, oh, I get like Bill Belichick versus a team he's already faced. Yeah, this is, it's not the first time. No, I know, I know. It's going to be different with Kansas City. And also, City. like, and also, like, this whole thing about treating the Patriots like they're equal is bullshit. The Patriots are not equal. They're the not. Patriots are better than everybody else yes. in almost every faction. Right. And if we're getting into a one-game situation, that's the reason that Eagles Super Bowl felt so good. Right. Because the Patriots are not a normal franchise, right. and the rest of these teams are. And if Patrick Mahomes played out of his mind to get themselves back into that game and was down double digits and somehow came back, then I'm going to take the team that survived it and had them in that position to begin with. Yeah, It took you a Tyree kill. Holy crap. What the hell did we just allow happen for you to beat them? Right. And I know the Chiefs are really good. Yeah. No, I, I get you. I don't think there's anything but wrong with do you your think logic. the Rams are number one. The Rams are definitely number one. I don't have Top any doubt about that. I, I, I guess two, three and four would all be. I could make a case for all of it. It's where are you going to say the Patriots are the fourth in the NFL? No, I could say you could make them two, three, or four. But no, I would probably, I think if you put a gun to my head, I would probably make the Patriots two. You're right. Chiefs three. Um, Saints four, Chargers five? Yeah. So you're just, you're poser now. Something around there. Wow. Yes. Yeah. By the way, the gun to my head. Yeah, you like that? No, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you didn't invent it. I know. I just think it's a really drastic thing to go to in a conversation. Well, it's just like, no if I one's have bringing to make, I violence. have to make a decision right here. But like, you have to make a decision when the waiter comes. I know there's not a gun to my head, though. I can be a comeback in a minute. I'll, I'll think I'm not quite sure. The other night I was out with uh, Enum, and the, she kept going back and forth. And I go, I'd like this. What will you have? And she goes, uh, uh, and I was like, <laughs> suffer that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, gun to my head. Really unnecessary. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, you could say the deadline is in five seconds. Isn't it funny? Also, do this to humans in your life. When something's happening, randomly count down to three and watch them act like those numbers matter. Like, I know it's a thing people do to children where it's like, get off the chair. Get off three, two, and then they move. But do it to adults. Yeah. I do it all the time. Do you really? Yes. But they don't realize that I'm messing with them. I just go, get off the chair. And I go, Philip. Get off the chair. Do I have to ask you again? And then he doesn't do anything. I go, okay, so do you want me to make you cry? <laughs> and then that usually does it. <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. But, oh, gosh. No, but seriously, if you're like, if like, who are you going to pick? Uh, if you, who are you going to pick for your Gun fantasy? to my head? And then you go three, two, and they go, uh, and it's like, you don't have to respond to my numbers. Okay, anyway. What was your top five again? My Rams? T- my top five was yeah. Rams, Patriots, Chiefs, Saints, Chargers. And then someone on Twitter was like, well, what happens next week if the Vikings beat the Saints? And I responded, then I'll probably change my list. That's how lists works. And he goes, oh, didn't really think that one through. I go, yeah. I think I might actually make the Chiefs four. Behind the Saints? Yeah. You I sicko. I, I think I would. You sicko. Yeah, I think if you gave me one game against the, those two against each other, uh, mm, that'd be tough. It would be. It It'd really be would be. Yes. It'd be fun. All right. So we already did. It's funny. I had in this doc for what we we're going to do, who is going to land Patrick Peterson. Yes. The Arizona Cardinals should have a yard sale. And then that came out today. Do you think that uh, the pass rusher uh, could be up as well? Chandler Jones? Yeah. I I wouldn't think so. Like, are we talking full-fledged fire sale? I don't think so. I mean, he is their best defensive player. He fits their scheme. He is in the prime of his career. Uh, I I don't think they will go that far. Okay. Yeah. I think like David Johnson and Chandler what about Jones. David Johnson. I think they're the only two that are for sure. Could like, the Eagles call up and somehow get David Johnson? No, I don't think if so. If Patrick Peterson's for sale, can they call up and go? No, we'll give you a second round pick. I don't think they could. 
No. Would you give up a first round pick for David Johnson? Yeah. Do you think the the Cardinals would take it? Mm, no. I don't know if they would. Really for your own theory there. You know, they're going to go, well, no, we know we have one of the best backs in football. We know it's not our best And they're going to go, well, we got him in the fourth round or the third round. We could probably do it again. Yeah, No, you can't. Sorry. Is he that good? He is that good. Yes. His offense was just it's, trash. It's trash. Which is another thing. Like, no offense to Mike McCoy, but offense to Mike McCoy. How do we keep giving jobs to people that are getting fired yeah, after a year? That's... How do you go to Denver, get fired after a year, and then a new coach starts in Arizona? I guess my thing is, if I was starting a company, I'm definitely not taking people that are being fired for not doing good jobs at their company. Right. right? Well, or I'm going to try and peel away people that are up-and-comers or that have been doing a good job. But if you've been fired for two jobs in the last 18 months, I'm not going... That's the guy that I'm going to stake my reputation. They don't on. do their homework. They don't. How walk. is that possible? Because it's the NFL, and it's full of that. And we have to stop putting these people on pedestals because they have a nice fancy emblem on their business card. It's it's they don't. It's relationships. He listens to the guy when he gives him the interview. The guy makes up some bullcrap excuses of why it didn't work in the last place, and the guy likes him. And he goes, "I'll buy it." Yep, you're hired. Yeah, okay. No, you have to evaluate. Like. Oh, Bill Musgrave got fired from Oakland? Well, let me watch their offense. Oh, shit. Well, number six in football. They did a lot well, of that was things. always We'll what, hire them. The, fa- but, the most fascinating thing about the Dan Quinn hire was when you said the one guy that always gave him trouble was Kyle Shanahan, and he said, when I get the job in Atlanta, yeah. because you always kicked my ass, I want you to be my OC. Right. That's the stuff I'm looking for. Exactly. I'm not looking for me and him one time at Combine, had a few beers together. I like working with him. Right. Or they I, trust you. I like working with people that I don't really like working with. It's a, Does it's, that make sense? Yeah. But it's a, bull, a big thing in the NFL culture with coaches is trust and yes. Trust and yes. Trust. I trust that he's yes. not going to talk shit behind my back, and I like when he says yes to anything I say. Exactly right. It's, um, uh, do you think Byron Leftwich is going to be a good coordinator? I Bruce think, Arians was like, that's my guy. I, I mean, I love B, and B loves football. That's what you call Byron Leftwich. Yeah, yeah. But Byron's a good dude. He really is. And I do think that he will have more to offer as far as ideas are concerned because of Arians, because of what he learned even up in Pittsburgh yes. a little bit his last year of his oh, career. Yeah. You know, there'll be there'll be more he can bring to the table, especially with like pass game schematics. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well I mean and also having played and all that stuff. I'm excited because I can't believe Byron Leftwich is a coordinator. Eagles film. Yeah. My my fan base right now is going through it. And I'd like to say something before you, you share with me your notes. <laughs> before the season I said, I don't think the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be fighting for a spot, but it's going to be really close. And the Eagles fan base disowned me. Yeah. They yelled at me. They called me an idiot. How could you not have the Super Bowl champions on there? Overlooking the fact that a number of Super Bowl champions fall off the face of the earth right. afterwards. Right. And now that they're three and four are freaking out. Everything's in shambles. What the hell's going on? So at first I told you they weren't that good and you called me an idiot. Now they're not that good and now you're surprised and freaking out when I already told you this. Right. I'm the only Eagles fan that's going to tell you, calm down. It's absolutely fine. The Eagles really aren't that bad. In fact, I would argue they were up 17-0 on the Panthers. Yeah. They were up 17-3 on the Titans. They are doing well in games, and then something's happening at the end, which I'm hoping you're going to explain to me. But 
They're beating these teams. They have the best quarterback in the NFC East. They have they have a good offensive line that's yeah. still there. Yep. I'd argue that their wide receiving core is right up there with any team in the NFC East because the Giants don't count because their quarterback can't get it to them. They have the best tight end in the NFC East. They have the best defensive line in the NFC East, maybe other than the Cowboys. Their linebackers are not bad. Their secondary is an issue. Yeah. But I would also say that they might have the best coach in the NFC East. Right. So when we're freaking out right now, realize that the team that's ahead of you is one win ahead in the win column. And are you really worried about Washington long term? Are you really worried about Alex Smith dicing up the Eagles defense? Because I'm not. Because I watched them almost completely throw away a 20 to 10 lean of their own to a team that legitimately can't throw the ball right now. So to all the Eagles fans that called me an idiot when I said they weren't that good and are now freaking out when they're realizing they're not that good, let me be the Eagle source to tell you, calm down. The Eagles are still likely going to win the division because they have all those key pieces. So relax. Chill. It's just, and also, like, you won the Super Bowl. Can you have some perspective? Like, you lost all those players last year, and somehow you had faith. But now we're going to throw it all away because Cam Newton came back and won the game. I never heard That's of that what before. I don't understand. Right. What's wrong with the Eagles? Why is a former MVP of the NFL not allowed to engineer three good drives against a defense? Right. This was not Kirk. Uh, let me think of this was not. It was a really below average quarterback. This is not Derek Anderson. You know, this is Cam Newton. Yes. Sometimes great players make great plays. They get paid too. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's just a real kick in the dick that he got that fourth and 10 at Torrey Smith, a weapon that I really think the Eagles could use right yeah, now. Yeah, I hear you. All right, that was my Eagles rant. Oh, that's a good rant. I, right. I do think it's, you know, pump the race, Eagles fans. This ain't over by any stretch of the imagination. The NFC is wide open, and the teams you have in front of you are, yes, the Washington Redskins, who. They're have a good things. football team. They are some good football team. The thing they have in their favor is they have another little easy schedule or stretch of schedule here to where they can put themselves in a spot and go, ooh. They Listen, the, bro, I've heard this about they the can Washington win any, every They can year. lose any game. Any There's game. no doubt about that. Yes, I, I get game. you. I get you. Wait until we get them on the road. Look at them on the road. Yeah. No, I mean, their second half of their schedule, other than the next few weeks, is not they – got, they got Giants, Falcons, Bucks. And then after that, it gets real for the Redskins. It goes Texans, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Jaguars, Titans, Eagles. Welcome to the so, Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Eagles right now are 1-0. If they lost a few divisional games, then I'm getting nervous. They get Washington twice, they get Dallas twice, and they get the Giants again. Yeah. You want to know whether or not they win a division? Those yeah, five come games. come down to it. All right, so So what do you want to start? I want to start. I'm just going to ask you questions. Yes, ask me questions. And I'd like you to fill in the blanks. Yes. How did they go from up 17 nothing and the defense having maybe their best performance of the year? What the hell happened in the fourth quarter? I just want to get right to the meat. Yeah, uh, the fourth quarter, okay, I, I think this. Was it prevent defense? It wasn't prevent defense. Now, you didn't challenge the receivers on the outside very much. So guys like Jalen Mills and Darby started to play seven, eight yards off. Jalen Mills really was about eight, nine yards off. And they started so, the game in jam? So, yeah, they were up in their face more. Okay. Uh, but also... I think what Cam just said is okay. They're gonna ha- if they're gonna give me these throws, 
they got to the point in the game where they finally said, you know what, we got to stop looking for play design over the middle of the field. Let's just take it out there. Let's take a six-yard throw out there. Maybe he breaks the tackle and gets 10 like yards. Like Curtis Samuel yes. does. Let's throw an out route and get 12 yards. He yeah. goes out of bounds. Things like that. So they started to do those type of things. Started playing a little soft in coverage for sure. You know, you get the McCaffrey out of the backfield for a few yards in yeah. the past game. All of those things. You know, chances to get big sacks and... The big guy, a quarterback, he stands in there and makes throws and make plays. So I think yeah, where I look... If there was another quarterback back there, this game would have been over I, midway through the fourth uh, I, I I could I would say that too. Yeah, it, would t- it took a special quarterback to do what was done yesterday in that football game, especially in the wind and knowing you're going to have to throw the... that Yesterday in the Northeast was made for... this is These are the days why... We hear Northeast football teams go, size is important to us at quarterback. And hand size is very important to throw in the elements because you've got to be able to throw through the wind like we saw. And we saw Sam Darnold miss some throws into the wind or throw, throw some bad interceptions. We saw Kirk Cousins, who's used to football up here, just go, oh, the hell with it. I'll throw it deep to Thielen. I'll throw it deep to – I could throw spirals and cut right I through the wind. I could hit Aldrick Robinson on Exactly the right. Yeah. I could throw a deep out to Devin Funches for 15 yards right into the wind. No problem. So I think, hey, they got a little momentum going. They make it 17-6, to okay? 17-6, to they put it together a really good drive – that was capped by the Curtis Samuel reverse for the touchdown, right? Great play call. Right. It was a great play call. There was a number of things that went on there. Um, but then the next drive, it goes three passes in a row, three and out. Who are the Eagles? The Eagles. Three passes What's in a row. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I don't – like the that did not lose the game. The majority of these passes down the stretch were completions and the clock kept running. But my big thing is, once again, it's just the impatience with the run game. What, again, I didn't chart these plays, but my eye is usually correct that when you guys run up the middle, you move the chains and you move four, five, six, eight yards. Now, your running backs are an issue, but yeah, I had an issue with them getting away with the, getting away from that and getting into this short dink and dunk pass game to where now Carolina just rallied and made tackles and you guys weren't able to get first down. You even said on that final drive that ended up in the turnover on downs that on that second down, second and 10, they get eight yards and then for some reason abandon the run after they had so much success on a second down running play. Yeah, now this is when they're down 21 to 17, right? So... So let alone. Yeah, so it's second and 10 on the 22, Smallwood up the middle, eight yards, third and two on Carolina's 14 with 37 and, seconds And then left. he does what? Incomplete down the middle to, de- Incomplete uh, to Jeffrey, Jeffrey, and it was almost intercepted. Right, which was a horrible decision by Carson. I can't defend him there. Wendell Smallwood is open in the flat to the left for an easy first down and maybe more. And then Nelson Aguilar is open on the side he's looking to throw to Alshon Jeffrey. It's a post route down the middle and two under routes coming. The under route's there for Nelson Aguilar. Get the first down, move on, continue to play, yeah. and you know extend your downs and, and time to score a touchdown here. So there's the issue with that. But yeah, it's 17-6. to six, It's three straight passes. 17-14. It's six straight passes. The it's Eagles passed six straight times? They passed nine straight times. Once, they, once the game went to 17-6, to six, then you get the ball back. Now you're down 21-17. to 17, Yes. And you don't run the ball again until the play you're just talking about. So that last war run. Yeah was the only run of the three drives in which Cam Newton began the comeback. Yes, it was. It was. And I, I really think you're missing a big part of your team 
by, of course, I think the strength of your football team is up the middle and being able to run through there. Like Jason Peters, it's he's on his last leg. He's you not know, the to guy. To me, if I'm the Eagles and I see them not run behind Kelsey, Brooks, Lane Johnson, exactly. I don't know why you would ever run left. No, and I know. Kelsey and Brooks are so good on the inside. And Wisniewski's a good little run blocker, too, to where, and it wasn't Wisniewski yesterday, Samela. it was Samela, who did a good job when they yeah, ran behind Isaac him. Isaac Samela. So you got those three, those three guys. Yes, do that. But my big point would be in doing this, too, is, man, it's a lot of work for your offense. It's a lot. It's a lot of work for Carson Wentz. I mean, you, you watch the game. He's, he's not throwing to people that are necessarily wide open. It's Ertz 20 yards down the field with a safety on his Exactly head. right. I mean, it's, it's Alshon Jeffrey with a guy tightly covered, and he throws it up and puts it high. Alshon's a baller. He's a baller. Baller. But he's a baller with a guy like Carson Wentz because Carson goes, oh, we only got the keyhole. I got to hit the keyhole here. I can hit it. As long as I throw it in that keyhole, you'll catch it, right? And Alshon just is like, oh, I got it. So, so you're yes. still high on Wentz. Yes. Hmm. I'm still high on Jeffrey and what they can do, but it's work for your offense. I mean, look at your drives in the football game. Think about your drive to start the game. I mean, what was that, 12 plays? You missed the field goal? Yeah. The next drive is seven plays, 74 yards. Okay. Not bad. I'll, I could deal with that. Six plays, 60 yards for a field goal. Then it's 17 By the way, the missed plays, field goal was 15 plays. 15 plays. So then there's 17 plays, And the touchdown plays, was 17, 99 yards. Right. So that's, that's, that's too much to ask of an offense and too much of, to ask of a quarterback to consistently throw the ball on the screws, make the right decision, stand in the pocket every throw. Mm. You guys are really missing another playmaker in the offense. And that's where last year Ajayi came into the fold and the run game came into the fold. And this is why I want you to guys run the ball up the middle because I think if you can run the ball up the middle, uh, you can stay in the shotgun if you like, but you can put Carson Wentz underneath center. And what do we like out of those kind of formations? Play action passes, what we see New England. Are we not seeing a lot of play action? No, especially not traditional play action. Underneath the center, let me pull the guard, let me get nine yards deep, and let's go for a 25-yard completion. Like you see the Rams and the Niners and the Patriots and the the, uh, Saints do every week. You have to have some of those plays to make it easier on your life. You also think Corey Clements lost a mile per hour. He definitely has. It's just your running backs don't get any more than what's there to be had. Do you want to read my notes? I want to know how much of a contender are the Panthers for real? I, I mean, I th- the, yeah. I think the Panthers, they're not going anywhere. The Panthers, again, I would say, I would say they were not the better team on the field yesterday, okay? Just like I said last week, I think the Panthers were the better team on the field against the Redskins. So, yeah, the Panthers are 4-2, and two, the Redskins are 4-2. and two. If you made me rank those teams, I'd go, no, the Panthers are better than the Redskins. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they you were, think the Eagles are better than both? I do. I do. But uh, it's, it's mistakes in certain parts of the game, whether it's, you know, what, why is Ronald Darby, Darby jumping a slant and go down by the end zone? It's, it's cover three. You have no business being in there. And there's two people inside to stop the slant. Why are you trying to stop the slant? Like, play to protect the end zone. You know, it's Jalen Mills on the 4th and 10 where Cam Newton steps up and makes the huge play. It's he slips on the coverage. That's why Torrey Smith's wide open. Then, to add to that, Lefko, it's not just Torrey Smith making the catch to get the first down. He slips when he's trying to tackle him. And then he escapes around the edge for another 20 more yards. Those are game-changing moments. You know, you guys are not making some of the plays 
um, that you made last year to close out football games. And that's what happens. And it's, 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 that's how close this league is. The but, one thing I was intrigued by or yes. in, impressed by, Jim Schwartz. His coverages aren't always sound in the back end. I wish, like, you know, hey, at the end when Jarius Wright caught the post down the middle, I think on the second drive, that's yeah. 17-6, he catches a big post on the middle. I don't know what coverage the Eagles are playing there. I played quarterback for a long time. I don't know what exactly they're doing. They're trying to do something creative, but I know within doing that creative with seven guys in coverage, they left the middle of the field wide open, and he just ran through untouched. Yeah, 28-yard play tackle by Darby. Exactly. So that was that was a huge football play. Um, but the not blitzing, to me, at least gives you guys a chance. They didn't have any, like, throw it up. Plays yesterday. Did you notice that they had to work for what they did too? Yes. You know, That's there was why no, I got excited. There was no post or go route or deep crosses running for fifty yards against you guys. So, so, what do you think about after the game? Doug Peterson says the pressure is off. Yeah. Hey, pressure's off of us. Nobody in the outside world is giving us a chance to do much of anything, and pressure's off so we can go play, have fun, and just relax. My friend Dan, uh, Eagles fan, uh, sent me, it was a quote. Oh, no, actually, it was, it was our producer, Matt, sent me a quote from uh, Gary Payton where he said, it's much easier to be the hunter than the hunted. And, you know, that, that whole mentality. Yeah. Do you like a coach telling the team the pressure's off us? No one's expecting anything from us anymore? They know the pressure's on them already. So the players know. It's, it's four losses. They know they're getting towards that. And they lost three all last year. Right. And they know they're getting towards that magic number. Every football player kind of goes six. Six. We can if we can lose no more than six, we got a chance to make That's the playoffs. That's the thing that most football players. Yeah, say. most players are. If no, we go ten and six, we're getting in the playoffs. We got a we got a damn good chance, unless it's some crazy year. Nine and seven, you're relying on people. Exactly. Ten and right. six, I'm feeling okay. Right. Eleven and five, we're in. Eleven and five, you're in. Right. So yes, so players six. They know that, and I think what he's trying to say is, hey, they know the 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 pressure's not really off, but what he's trying to say is, like, hey. It's we got to go out and play and win football games now. It's no longer like protecting our Super Bowl legacy from last year. We're not going to be the one seed or the two seed. That shit's over, Philadelphia. Now it's like we just got to fight for our life to get in the playoffs and see what happens once we get in the tournament. And that's really what they have to play. And I think that's what he means by like the pressure's off. It's it's we got to win this week against Jacksonville Jaguars, and then we'll approach the next week after that. But let's stop worrying about like, oh, we're the Super Bowl champs and we got a legacy and we're trying to win two in a row. I think all that has gone out the window now. Um, to all of that, yes. this London game is going to be insane. Yes, it will be. I know that there's been 24 games in 12 years, whatever it is, in London, and there's never been a matchup of two winning teams. But we just talked about the Jaguars and the Eagles, and both backs are against the wall. Yeah. This is going to be insane. This Sunday will be morning. one of the most physical games of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Philly, Philly's a bully team, which is what I what I love about them. And of course, Jacksonville is the same way. So, uh, yeah, this is this is fighting for your life material here this week. I think I got all your notes. I think so. All right, I want to talk quickly about a few other games. Uh, Patriots Bears. Man, are you lucky that you won that bet? Bears had that game the whole time. <laughs> I was rooting for the Bears. That Kevin White catch on the Hail Mary, yeah. I wanted him to just jump up and throw it, but they right. were there to tackle him right away. Um, you, 
the the Patriots and their focus on special teams. Everyone tries to beat them on offense and defense. And here's Cordaro Patterson that when you really look at it, Mike O'Donnell is one of the greatest kick returners of all time when all said and right, done. Right. And I know that you're going, whoa, Lefko, that's crazy. The statistics back that up. But but what do you what did you see yesterday just from them and the Sony Michelle injury is not going to be that serious apparently which is really big you told, called it I told you he looked really upset but what, what did you take away from that game where is Trubisky and the Bears and how, and are the Patriots back to just being the Patriots I again? will deep dive that for our Thursday podcast to give everybody a real breakdown I, my big thing is this I think New England did things on the back end and pass coverage that you, the reason you saw Trubisky kind of holding the ball at times is because they did things to confuse him and he wasn't sure. That would be my guess, a little like we saw them do to Patrick Mahomes the week before where he made some plays and throws that we hadn't seen him make because why? His mind wasn't free. He was, oh man, what is this coverage? I don't even know as I'm trying to make the decision to throw the football. I do think the Patriots defense is better than what we've seen in years past. You know, even even as far as the run game was concerned yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the Bears weren't blowing them off the line by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the Bears' defense, you know, it, it did a it did a pretty good job overall. I think that was a huge blow. All right, so first of all, the Patriots fumbled a kick return. Sony Michelle fumbled, backed up too. That gave the Bears two short fields, and Trubisky made some amazing plays with his legs to extend plays and really give them the early lead. Um, but on a day where yes, the Patriots' offense wasn't as good as we've seen. This is why New England's amazing. I mean, it's why we always go like they're the ultimate four-quarter team. It's not just because we mean they play four quarters. They make you play every concept in the game imaginable. And you believe that Josh Gordon is now in the trust tree. He's in the trust tree. He what is does in that the mean, and, and how can you tell? Well, I just – the biggest one was – I believe it was a, what was at the fourth down throw on the right sideline when he went up and smashed his face into the ground and his helmet flew off. I mean – Brady has gotten to the point with him where I feel like he was with, with Gronk or a Randy Moss where he just goes, damn, I don't know where else to go, but that guy's big and he always catches it when I throw it around him. I'm just going to put it up there by him and he never lets down. And I think that is a huge thing to have. It's like your Alshon Dreffy for your Carson Wentz. Oh. When in trouble, damn, he's really covered, but damn, he always catches it when I put it in the, in the vicinity. Since 2013, here are every player in the NFL that's averaged – more than 28.3 yards per kickoff return. This is from Adam Harstad. Yeah. Cordaro Patterson when he was on the Vikings. Cordaro Patterson when he was on the Raiders. Huh. Cordaro Patterson when he was on the Patriots. Wow. He's the only guy to average that much, and he's done it with every team he's gone to. What a surprise that Bill Belichick, everyone goes, oh, he's not that great of a receiver, and he's going, who said anything about receiver? Yeah. No, I'm going to find the best at his position in the NFL, right. and I'm going to get that. Yeah. And he got it. And a year where the kickoff rules were changed, he had the vision to go, let me get this guy who's like an Olympic sprinter, 100-meter style. And is really good at making one cut and not losing right. any momentum. And is not, does not go down with arm tackles. That's the Ever. one thing you see with him. Because we've seen arm. him in the office, and he's freaking huge. Yes, he is. But what about Trubisky? What do you think about the Bears moving forward? Yeah, I mean... That second crushing loss for ooh, them in a row. That Dolphins game is going to come back to haunt them. Yes. They were in a position of controlling their own destiny to a degree. Um, but between the way they lost the game last week and got to be a little concerned with Khalil Mack. It's the second game in a row. We don't even hear his name called. 
you know, he's he's not the he same player. Up. Yeah, yeah, he and is not the same guy. They've already had their bye. Yeah, I know. So there, this is something he's going to have to fight through the next few weeks. Now their schedule: Jets, Bills. You know, that's why the NFC North, I think, might get. Three I hear teams. you. I heard you say that. That's smart because they're playing the AFC East. Yes, your, your theory so there. You're getting Bills, Jets, Dolphins. They already blew the Dolphins. But right. That's why I think we might see. Packers, Lions, Vikings all make the playoffs. The East is a mess. The South, I think Carolina comes back to earth a little bit. And I don't think the Falcons or Bucks are making any noise. Yep. And there's the only other team is the Seahawks with the Rams in the West. Sure. And the Seahawks have a very tough schedule as well. I think they're playing the AFC West. And I don't want to play Chargers, Bron- no. Broncos, no. none of those teams. No. Um, I'm not done with the Bears, though. No. The Bears, too, have too many quality things about their football team. To look at, what do you want to say? I just wanted to say uh, I was ready to do some other quick hitters. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. Vrabel going for two against the Chargers. Yeah, I disagree with it. I don't know what else to say. They dominated. They dominated the the whole fourth quarter. I was kind of like on Bruce Arians' side there. I just I go, too. you know, the Chargers really for the most part of the day didn't move the ball all that effectively, other than two huge pass plays, and the Titans, especially in the fourth quarter, were controlling the line of scrimmage, and. I don't know, Marcus Mariota in the pocket making a throw to win the game. That's just not, to me, what his bread and butter is. I know that's that's Monday morning guessing there, and I understand all that. But, uh, yeah, I would have kicked the field goal and continued to play. As would I. You won time of possession by 11 minutes. Yeah. The Chargers' defense was gassed. Right. The Chargers' offense hadn't put together a drive for like the last three drives and figured anything out because they weren't on the field at all. These long Tennessee drives and then the short Charger touchdowns yeah. ruined their flow. Their, killed their team, right. And, I mean, look, if Mike Williams catches that touchdown, they don't got to worry about anything. Yeah, right. But I thought Vrabel going for that was, I'm a linebacker that's now a head coach, and I want to show everybody how good I am. Yeah. You had the better conditioned football team at that point. The you would have taken their soul by going so to too. overtime. I think so, too. I, I, I agree with you there. The other thing that's huge in that football game that I hope everybody realizes, it's 10-6. Tennessee Titans are in easy field goal position going in before the half. They're going to go for the touchdown, and they run the little read option RPO, and Mariota throws the ball, gets tipped in the air, interception, interception of his career. Right, in the red zone, which was a really bad decision, too, because – the ball got tipped and intercepted. I know that, but from everything I saw on TV, it was going to get intercepted if it didn't get tipped either. So that's just my but thing. But it's little plays there like Th- that. That's my thing, though, is like as a head coach, and everyone's going, but it's 50 50. You have a 50% chance that you can win right there. I'll be honest. I thought the Titans' chances were better than 50 50 going to overtime. That's how I do my math. Yeah. Because, oh, if the Chargers get the ball, the Chargers hadn't done anything at the end of the game. Right. I'm taking that chance. The yeah. Tennessee Titans defense was actually performing well, and all of a sudden, the Titans were running the ball. Deion Lewis was having success. Derrick Henry had the best game of his year. Right. Pound the rock. I don't know. I just I would not have uh, kicked that. Lions Detroit. Yeah. Excuse me. Lions, Lions Dolphins. Detroit. You texted me during the game. Detroit may be finding their identity. Yeah. Detroit is now sitting here and they're feeling pretty. Matt Stafford. I believe, has thrown five games in a row with a quarterback rating over 100. They are sitting at 3-3 three and three. after that tough loss early uh, to the Jets. They've now won this game coming off of a bye. What are you thinking about the Lions? When you watch the film, uh, have they found their identity? They definitely have. 
The fact that they put Carrion Johnson in first is a huge thing. They finally did it. He's special, as we're seeing. You said this during the draft. He's special. I mean, he can, and he's and he's less dancing now because he had a little levy on Belladum. You want to read that there? Yes, I do. Yeah, um, got a little levy on Belladum, but. The thing I like about him now is when there are holes there, he's just hitting it full speed. And it's a great change of pace when LeGarrette Blunt comes in. Yeah, but, you said it's a really hilarious transformation. Yeah. What's the transformation? You're talking about that? Oh, during, 21, 12, 13. It, uh, uh, 21, oh, because the, I just can't believe their offense. I can't believe it. What do you mean? It's been... It's been... It's been two weeks since I look at you. It's been... Matt Stafford in the shotgun all year. It's Matt. Cha- Matt Stafford has been shotgun backyard football For his like whole five, career. Yeah. Now they're in the I formation, or they're with three tight ends set with one back in the backfield and only one receiver, and they're pulling guards and they're running G lead and inside trap plays, and they're going okay. It's third and seven. Now you can make the throw. We ran it on first and second. Or, you know, it's a play-action pass. He's being taught how to manage a football game the correct way. But, yes, the transformation of their team and Lefko, their O-line, it's finally... Well, yeah, they've it's, used all their first-round well, picks Well, it's finally it. coming together. It's coming together. I mean, How was, like, Frank Ragnow and all those young phenomenal. guys? Phenomenal. I mean, Ragnow at left guard. Uh, you Taylor know, Decker. T- Taylor Decker, tackle. left tackle. Glasgow's at center. Yep. TJ Lang is a little banged up, so he's in and out at right guard. And then our right tackle is Riley Reef. No. No, uh, uh, the other guy. Close. Uh, Baltimore. Wagner. Yes. Ricky, Ricky Wagner. Wagner. Yes. I mean... They can open up some holes in the run game. And Matt Stafford, for as much as, like like we said early in the year, I saw Matt Stafford miss throws and things that I've never seen him miss. And I'm not talking about like, oh, he threw an interception, shocker. That's what Matt Stafford does. I'm talking about he was missing guys that were open and like they were lucky to get a hand on the ball. Uh, I do think in the bye week he went back to the drawing lab a little bit and reevaluated himself. His motion was definitely tighter, less dropping of the ball yesterday. He definitely tinkered with some things and made some unbelievable throws to get them over the top of the game. So you think that Matt Stafford has an improved throwing motion. Yep. Detroit has a new identity and a new type of playbook in which they're pulling guards and have adapted a power running game which doing, has not existed for like a decade in Detroit. Right. They're doing Patriots like what we've talked about with the Patriots. I mean, they're doing that same kind of thing. I know you didn't get to watch the defense yeah, on the film. Right. But... I'm curious about Patricia's side yeah, of the ball. I will check it out. Yeah. I, that'll be a Thursday deep But I'm dive. curious, is are the Detroit Lions a team that we can jump on from a betting perspective before everybody else gets their, like, realizes that they're real? Because it sounds like you think Detroit's real. I think that they're teetering on real. Like, Why are you saying teetering? I, I got to make sure I watch their defense, too. I mean, their defense didn't give me, like, all the confidence in the world in the first part of the season. Yeah, and I mean, I did see Kenyon Drake running 70 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, offensively, it's on the up and up the last few weeks for sure to where I go, okay, Matt Stafford is comfortable in this new style of play. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter has become comfortable in what he's being asked to design on the offensive side of the ball. He's tying plays together very nicely, I thought. So uh, I do. I look at them as a team that go, uh-oh, there's, there's potential here. Um. Dallas Washington. Yeah. What did you what was your big takeaway from that game? Dallas Washington. Are either of those teams for real? 
Not really. Didn't feel like. I it. don't think so. You know, I just, I just think that they. I mean, I didn't see. They lack see, offensive. I didn't, I didn't see any creativity no. from Dallas's offense. There was at all. nothing this week. I'm sitting there going, "You're just going to pound. You're going to pound Zeke. Right. That's all you're going to do. Yeah. You're not going to like. I didn't even see a screen to Zeke. I don't think so. I think I remember maybe one, maybe but one. it was incomplete. I don't even think I remember it being completed. I mean, all we talked about was how they had to get to the outside to avoid those two big Alabama guys, and I felt all they did was run it up the gut. I uh, I agree. Um, yeah, I just I just don't have any faith in the Cowboys' offense. I mean, if they can't physically dominate up front, there's just not much more there to to look at. And Washington, you know, those two guys in the middle, they can slow you down. Kerrigan on the edge, Preston Smith, they're big dudes. And I'm not now I- to say that though they're there in a. Close football, close football game. Like Dak, Dak can't make that mistake that he makes on the goal line, awful. backed up. The game's the game at that point's what thirteen to ten, right? Yeah, it's thirteen to ten. It's fourth quarter. Like you just got to take the sack and be down at the one or whatever, and you got to punt out and have faith in your defense, who's played well at that point. What is the Cowboys going to do when Dak's contract's up? They can't. To me, you can't pay him. There's no way. I'm not paying Dak Prescott $22 million a year. Absolutely not. Washington, do you believe that they have an identity on offense with this power running game? I just They have to stay with that. To me, Washington, that would be the key going forward. You're not going to win the game with Alex Smith dropping back to throw the football. So like, stop with the Alex Smith shotgun. Stop it. Like Get over it. It's, that's, it's done. Run the ball. You have two tight ends. Play Patriots football from a few years ago. You have a good offensive line, right? And you got... Jordan Reed, yeah, WW. WWBBD. Right. What would Bill Belichick do? Right. And Wear str- it on my wrist. The strength of their team is their O-line, or at least their offense. Their O-line, and they have two tight ends who are Vernon very versatile. And Jordan Reed. Exactly. Yeah, why aren't they doing that the whole time? So to me, it would be I formation or two tight ends, two receivers, one back, 12 personnel. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pull guards. We're going to run inside-outside zone. Alex... We're going to give you a few screens. We'll give you a few bootlegs off that. And I'm going to design like four plays for you a week to go. Fake the power run to Adrian Peterson. And when I feel like their safeties are getting a little too, you know, yeah. Then you call dial up the big play action pass behind them and silver, serve it up on a silver platter for him. You were very, very certain that Adrian Peterson was done. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. He's, Self-scout. I mean, he's, he's just got more in the tank that I gave him credit for. What happened? Don't, don't don't put me in like Skip Bayless like Shannon I'm not. Sharp. I didn't say he was done. Done. I did not say that. You said it wasn't going to be that great. I did. I did. I said it was not going to be. But that I mean, great. after we watched him in no, New Orleans, how it, could we think he was? going to It's be been that good. good though. I mean, I just am amazed that he still has the explosive ability. That he just not that it's like special explosive ability, but it's enough. And the running through arm tackles and still lowering his shoulder and running people over. I'm, I'm amazed. I really am. The most interesting thing about guys that go in the very early in drafts, even when they don't burn as bright as Adrian Peterson, they typically last a long time because they're drafted because they're so special. Yeah. Darius Hayward Bay was not a great top 10 pick, but I bet you he's outlasted all of the other receivers in his class because he was more athletically gifted than them. He had had an elite trait. First pick of the NBA draft, Joe Smith. 
Played in the NBA for like 15 years. Right. Never had a single year where it warranted the first pick in the draft, but because he had something, yeah. he lasted that long. Yeah. It's the same thing. I, I look at guys like Adrian Peterson. Of course he's going to last this long. He's Adrian frickin' Peterson. We've never seen anything this. And also, it was Adrian Peterson with people telling him, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, he's delusional. He still thinks he's the best running back in football. But, of course he does. But still. But now he gets to have clippings on his gym. Yeah, I know. You know? No, he's a special 80-20 vegan. Of- All right, little little other nuggets. Oh, by the way, yeah, Dallas settling for the field goal. This whole notion that the Cowboys got screwed, that there was a penalty called, fine, that's absolutely fine. I watched Aaron Rodgers two Monday nights, or last Monday night, work his way down the field with 40 seconds left to get a chip shot field goal and to use all the time on the clock and all the timeouts to make sure that it was the easiest kick possible for his kicker. Right. Dallas went 30 seconds left and a timeout, meh, it's fine. Brett Maher can kick a 47-yarder. You could have run the ball to get more yards. You could have thrown the ball one more time. You can get the kicker an easy kick. As soon as you cross the green line on television, you don't have to go, it's time That's to good. kick. It's it's this this notion that no, we're ready to do we don't want to risk it. No, guys, you can risk a little bit. It's a football game. But to to just settle for the field goal there, they deserve for that one to clang off the, the post, I thought. Yeah, I, I mean they certainly could have been more aggressive. It wasn't like they did throw the ball down the stretch, but I, I guess what we all would have liked to have seen is one more real aggressive throw down the field to go, this is a chippy, or we took a shot in the back corner of the end zone, and if our guy catches it, nobody does, and we win the football game, something like that. I get that. Yeah, because like I'm looking at it right now. So it's first and one at Washington's 31. All right, it's 12 seconds left, and that was the, the short. Well, here, so here it is. This is the last drive. First and 10 from their own 36, incomplete pass. Second and 10 from their own 36, incomplete pass. Third and 10. That great Cole Beasley catch pass, on the sideline. Yeah, deep left to Cole's, Cole Beasley. Ran out of bounds for 18-yard gain. Uh, Fabian Moreau was injured on the sideline. 52 line. seconds left. Right. First and 10 at Washington's 46. Right. Short pass to Cole Beasley, nine yards. And then they go no huddle on another short pass. That went down at so 28 seconds left, pretty right. much. They let 24 seconds run off between those two plays. Too. On purpose. Right, I know. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more pace there, certainly. Yeah, so they complete that, right? Uh, and then the next play, they run up the middle for two yards, and they let the clock run out, and that was it. And yes, now. That was such bullshit. Oh, that penalty? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's bad. That's that's bad. They did the like zoom in and like there was barely any movement. Come on. That was ridiculous. It's again. I paid to go see the refs. That's why I was there. Can I tell you what I thought? Yeah. There are very few times where I want to admit the conspiracy theory that the NFL controls games. But that sa- that felt like a Washington referee. Crew. Oh, I know. If you bet these referees, you'd realize that. I know it's not. I know, I know it's not. It's just annoying. But when there's a five-yard penalty that hasn't been called in seven years or something like that, like it's never called, that kind of infraction, I go, man, that's an easy way for the NFL to control games. That was a 10-yard penalty because it should have been five yards going forward because it was offsides on Washington. Mm. That's what people are missing in that combo. Yeah, they lost five yards. No, they lost 10. 
Because it should have got Lefko lock. Did it really? Well, yeah, because I had Dallas. That game goes to overtime. I'm feeling great. Yeah, you are. What was the spread on that one? Two. Two? Washington minus two. How much did I gain on you this week? I don't want to talk about it. All right, other quick cuts. Tom Savage cut from the Niners. That's it. There's nothing that I can tell you there. I, I would tell you if I knew anything. All I know is they have a beat-up football team in San Francisco, and Kyle is probably like, damn, I can't even waste a roster spot on the third-string quarterback. All right, other weird observations. Deshaun Watson was so hurt that they didn't want him to fly, so he took a bus. Is there any chance that it's actually better for him to take the bus and watch all the game film and kind of relax with the performance coach? And the, is, the, is there an advantage to that? He's not being kind of herded like cattle with the rest of the team into a hotel. Right. No. I mean, I don't think there's any advantage. But what I think if they played in Seattle? Yeah, would he right, be would, taking a bus I, to Seattle? I don't know. That would have been a huge problem. Yeah, they would have had to leave on Friday. I don't know what they do there. Also, where does your respect go for Deshaun Watson, knowing that he's playing through this through stuff? the roof? I mean, it, it's been through the roof uh, because what he's done to himself in the locker room has converted himself from the franchise QB to what the defensive players are going to look at him and go, "No, he's a football player. Mm. That's what he is." Odell Beckham Jr. comes out and says, I don't drink water. It makes my stomach feel squishy. I, I heard him That's say why that. I get dehydrated. Yeah, I can't. Sorry. You got to get a squishy stomach then. I don't know what else to say. Like, How are you not drinking water in I mean, playing what's sports? He, I, I know. He's got to drink more of it. He really does. Now, like I told you, those kind of guys are always the guys that need the IVs. But to hear that, that's yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm sure he's drinking Gatorades and putting Gator Light in that kind of stuff to keep to keep going, but yeah, he's obviously missing some fluids during the week without now putting water in your body. Um, and then uh, I actually got hit up by a pickle juice company Ooh. that said, "No, like we need to get this to Odell. This will help him yeah, stay." A lot hydrated. of guys drink pickle juice in a locker room. Um, and then and then Josh noticed this. He sent me this picture. Here's Andrew Luck walking to the game huh. with a random little coffee cup. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, hold on. Where is it? Here's Sam Darnold with a cup that looks like, I don't know, he stayed at a Motel 6 the night before. Right. Here's uh, uh, Dante Hightower with like a random-ass Pepsi cup. Here's another player on a team with like a coffee cup from like a hotel lobby. Yeah. In a league where everything is top-notch. Why every Sunday do we go on these Instagram stories and see people drinking absolute swill from like their residence in suites? These people should be having organic, self-sustained, like Ethiopian beans. And I feel like they're drinking a thing that like Ramona brought out like a, it's fresh. I just made it. Like how? Why are like that's what they're putting in their bodies on game day? They, they might be. I don't know what's in there uh, now. Coffee? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying I don't know what's in there. Coffee does have benefits for yeah, your... but like, shouldn't it be like the the team brewed? The team would make shit coffee too. I don't know what else to say. Because you're a coffee snob. I am. Don't put them on a pedestal. They again, the teams are they're cheap. These are the same. This is the same league that. They will cut corners at any cost, okay? And, uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you there. Yeah, it's just funny. We were looking at this, and it's like, why does it look like they're drinking coffee from a $109 a night courtyard? I, I would imagine that's it. They took the coffee from the lobby on the way out of the, the hotel. It's insane. I know. Did you drink coffee before games? Yeah, just a little bit. 
I didn't need too much. I would have gone crazy. All right. Coming up on Wednesday, I'm going to ask you of all the guys in the 500 touchdown club, which one do you want under center for one drive? So be ready for your speech about that. Also, we're going to get into the playoff situation. That was a really cool stat, though. That's one like yesterday to beat all 32 teams. Like sometimes there's those like under the radar stats that I look at, like Peyton Manning going to the Super Bowl with four different head coaches. Like I don't give a damn what you say. That's an impressive stat. Like I love little yes, little stats like that. Favre, Manning, Breeze. You yeah. go Manning, Favre, Breeze, right? I would. I would, too. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Hit us up on social, at Sims and Lefko. Fendrick has been absolutely killing it lately for Sims. Peace out, homies. And Fendrick would say, Good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E is a man. Is a man. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Peace.